0: At last, in.
1: to product analytics to product-led growth. That's pendo.io slash pivot to learn more. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher.
0: And I'm Scott Galloway.
1: So, Scott, so much happened this week, and we don't have weekends off anymore. This weekend, of course, Trump tweeted a video of his supporters in Florida, this Oh, what shocker! They people. were in Florida. Well, there's this group of elderly people in the villages, and they were driving golf carts. But one yeah. of the people audibly yelled "White Power," uh, which the president left up for quite a long time, and then took it down under, I uh, probably duress. I'm guessing um, he took it down, and he they they used the excuse that he didn't hear it, even though it's like the first thing this man says is he's driving his golf cart. So he's essentially a, a you know a Klansman in a golf cart. Um, and, uh, plant cart. I don't know. It was weird. (laughs) And then of course it was used as a distraction for, uh, what was going on with these Russian, uh, Russians paying for, uh, the Taliban for killing American soldiers, which is some intelligence that many people have reported this weekend. So someone at the Lincoln Project, which like knocks off these videos about things like these with incredible pace, uh, which they did pretty quickly, uh, said he was using racism to cover up his uh, traitorous act. So it was kind of a fascinating um, uh, weekend. It's just it it never ends. And then he went uh, golfing with Lindsey Graham. So this is just amazing. The pace at which he's trying to violate uh, these uh, these social media platforms, violate rules on them, is really quite amazing. Um, what do you think is going on? What, unless, just except for pure rank craziness, what do you think is happening?
0: Well, I, I'm actually. I was going to ask you because I think you're just more in touch with media strategies than than I am. Do you really mm-hmm. think he he thought or they thought? All right bounties on American soldiers paid by Russians that we knew about and Mm -hmm. did nothing about. So we've decided that our political gains are more important to us than the well-being and physical safety of our men in uniform, who I can call and put in harm's way in in about three minutes, who put their lives on the line. And and, uh, for me, the commander in chief in our country, do you really think, and I'm asking this sincerely, do you think that they said, okay, this is so bad that we actually have to decide to be outrageously racist to keep people to distract people you think that's an actual strategy i think they do it all
1: the time they do it it literally it's like clockwork anytime there's a massive like interest, like a story that's not even an interesting story a terrible story for them like really truly um, they, they mask it with something else. I mean, it's just, I, I, I wouldn't say this in, in normal terms, but it's, mm-hmm. you can't be this stupid for this long. Um, and I think it's a calculated act. And then, of course, uh, Mike Pence held a, a coronavirus briefing and he suddenly puts on a mask. I mean, I think everything about this administration is about visuals and instant, uh, instant mm-hmm. news cycle to keep people off of story, which is quite important. Um, and to get to the bottom of, um, you know, I don't think it's any accident. He was, uh, with the head of the Senate. Uh, Foreign Relations Committee, Lindsey Graham. I think, I think it's, I think it's, 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 uh, or a person on the Judiciary Committee. I forget which one he's on, but in any case, I think it's really calculated. Every everything they do now is is you can't mistake calculation for, and and the, the to to own the news cycle. Given the others now, mm-hmm. now the other side, especially like things like the Lincoln Project and these videos that are coming out in rapid fire. Uh, these videos are fascinating. There are ten million people who are watching one of them about the soldiers. There's there's a med- Medius project or something like that. There was uh, veterans a veterans group that I don't know who's behind that. And it's really fascinating. And they're all on Twitter. Uh, and then you know you have Sarah Cooper lobbing them off. It's really it's a really interesting time to for these these messaging to go out one after the next. I don't know. We'll see. It's going to get more. Intense as we go along, but it's really interesting that the whole thing is sort of happening in real time in the way. When when
0: I first when I first heard about it, I thought um, I spoke to um, my old boss, Dean Peter Henry from the Stern School, and he Mm -hmm. summarized it. And he got me thinking it appears like everything they do reflects this when I say they I mean the administration. And that is I think that they have decided, Okay, the minority becomes the majority in 2040. There's a large contingent of our base and of white people in America that just aren't comfortable mm-hmm. with the majority be, or the minority becoming the majority. And we've adopted a voter suppression strategy, and we're going to become overtly explicit that white people, we're the ones that have your back in terms of pushing back and stopping the oncoming march of those brown people. And it seems to me they are being increasingly explicit and brazen and basically saying it's us versus them, you know, crazy white people, you better get out and vote for us. Well, it it's just strikes me. as just incredible. It just like, I, I, I would have thought this was something out of the fifties or the sixties, yeah. maybe. Yeah but they're just not they're not they're not even a, they're, it doesn't feel as if they're even trying to hide it anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll just say if that's your grandpa in that cart, you better go get him in Florida. That's all I have to yeah. say. Seriously, I'm I'm bringing my mother back from Florida and she's being like recalcitrant to uh to go into quarantine. It's crazy. And of course, that leads into the Fox News uh report that was out uh that Fox News and a lot of people wrote about over the weekend was as I had written many months ago is to, is people with uh, that has suffered more higher levels of coronavirus, watched Fox News and specifically different programs. Anyway, it's a really interesting time. I think all, not just online, but this onslaught of instant media stuff really does have an impact on people in a way that's, that there's already underlying problems with racism and, uh, sexism, et cetera. But it really does sort of amp the volume to 103. Um, Speaking of which, we're gonna go on to big stories. Well, hold
0: on first. Okay, I all right, have a little surprise all for you. You're i right. you know, I really don't like to read your work, but your oh, New York no. Times opinion piece this week which was one? less bad than usual. Ah, so I just wanna read. <laughs> right. I just I just wanna read about that. Oh,
1: you secretly. Tra- You're
0: speaking about Alex Kern's suicide and Robin mm-hmm. Hood's role in it. The tragedy got a lot of attention, especially after Forbes reported that Mr. Kearns left a note behind asking, how was a 20-year-old with no income able to get assigned almost a million dollars of leverage? How, indeed, embedded in the query is a much bigger one that has been plaguing the tech industry and its innovative entrepreneurs for far too long. What is the reason for their persistent tendency to ignore the potentially dangerous impact of their creations? These days, the companies can seem not just careless, but also predatory. Is it to make more money? Is it because growth trumps safety? Is it rank sloppiness, lack of foresight, a design flaw that could have, and more to the point, should have been anticipated, a laser focus on innovation, all of the above? Perhaps the reason hardly matters, as Robert Louis Stevenson wrote, everybody... Sooner or later, sits down at a banquet of consequences, and that is the Ashen Meal. Now, in front of Robin Hood's <laughs> co founders and co chief executives, Vlad Tenev and Baiju But Ashen Meal. Ashen. I don't even know what that means.
1: <laughs> it sounds good, though, doesn't it? I know, I know doesn't what it means. Yeah. But
0: I don't know what it means. I know I what know. it means, but I don't. And the next time I see you eating I'm gonna, ashes, I'm going to hug and kiss you, and you're going to not like it, but you're going to like it.
1: No, I'm not going to like it. There's An no ashen way. meal. I know. An ashen no, a, meal. Where did you get it? that? Pulitzers all around. Oh my ashen? god. It's raining yeah. pulitzers It's raining pulitzers I thank <laughs> you for reading the me so meal. Thank you. It works perfectly with the Oh, You are
0: good. You A are baguette. good, my friend.
1: Do you like Stay the Thirsty? I know. I know. That was just, very
0: good. And ashen you. I did that meal. for you.
1: I did that for you. Because you were, you, were, you cried because you made you cried and you made me not cry but you you made me think about it. I'm so I crying read.
0: every forty eight hours. <laughs> they were,
1: were they were uh, that was an interesting thing to report and I uh, you know I talked to uh, uh, his cousin in law and I also talked to the company uh, to Vlad Tenev um, which was uh, which was good. It was a good it was a good situation. We'll see what they do. But my whole point it leads into. Well, you our you what they've story. done. You know what they've what? done so far. What.
0: what? Well, they've given a quarter of a million dollars, and they've yeah. agreed to hire an options specialist. I know.
1: That's not enough. I so know. So they're taking this very enough. seriously. Although I did get calls from their uh, board sarcastic. of directors who said that they uh, appreciated it, some of them. Yeah, so, they appreciate anyway.
0: it, and they're all busted up about yeah, it. Right? No, yeah, no, really no, no. really no, upset. I know,
1: but you know what? The, the only way we can do is write things like Ash and Meal and see where it Ash goes. And in any case. And we not forget. Just Robin saw- Hood,
0: FYI. I say we just mention Robin Hood every week until they do something. I think that's what we can
1: do. We can do that. That sounds yeah. good to me. But let's get to big stories. So this is On, on Point. After escalating pressure from companies and Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway, Facebook says it will start, lab- mostly Karen Swisher, will start labeling political speech that violates their rules on the platform. The move came late last week as the company Unilever said it would be halting ads on Facebook for at least the rest of the year because of hate speech. In a live stream aired last Friday, Zuckerberg said he was, quote, optimistic that we can make progress in, on public health and racial justice while maintaining our democratic traditions around free expression and voting. He then denied uh, that the move, change in policy, has anything to do with an ad boycott or revenue, uh, which is a lie. Uh, but Facebook shares fell about eight uh, percent. I mm-hmm. mean, and then there was Coca-Cola, who was going to remove uh, social media advertising, he did not join the boycott, but uh, you know, sort of join the boycott. And there's other companies considering it. A, a Starbucks, same thing. Social media, not this specific thing, which is this this stop the hate. Uh, boycott that's been going on, that's been organized by a bunch of uh, different people like Color of Change and and NAACP and the ADL. And also Sleeping Giants has been a big part of it. And Mm -hmm. uh, Common Sense Media, there's a whole bunch of coalition and they're taking the whole thing global. Uh, So Scott, what, you know, it looks like there's some movement here. Maybe not, maybe they're just, you know, placating people, but it is having some effect. And I think it's, I think it's a, it's a good sign at least for now.
0: Well, the, the I was doing some research this morning and Nick Clegg, Facebook's vice president of global affairs and communications, conceded Sunday on CNN that people want to put pressure on Facebook to do more. That's why we made those additional announcements on Friday. That's why we'll continue to redouble our efforts, because, you know, we have zero tolerance approach to hate speech. Yeah, they have zero tolerance. That's like saying I have zero tolerance Versicapa and Chipotle. I run on rum and burrito <laughs> balls. The, that is just so ridiculous. And you know what, Kara? Yeah, this is, I hate to say it, I think this mm-hmm. in the long run is probably a bad thing because they are going to do things that Twitter has already done. They said, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to label political speech. They're not right. saying they're going to start yeah. the stop uh, taking political ads. So they're going to move to not even where Twitter has moved. Right. They'll declare victory. Their advertisers will all, uh, you know, pat themselves on the back. The ones that were accounted for, I think it's like 0.01% of their revenue. Mm-hmm. And we'll be under the impression that Facebook is less of a menace.
1: Oh, we won't. Because guess why? Because <laughs> we're here? serving
0: them an ashen meal.
1: Uh, we're going to serve them many ashen meals until they get the point. This is ridiculous. I mean, I agree with you. I think, first of all, look, it's better than nothing. And it's uh, there's significant advertisers. And I do mm-hmm. think, I think they're, they're, they, you know, the small advertisers, I talked to a small, a relatively small advertiser and they said, you know, I have to spend more on that. I'm going to spend more on that service. You know, yeah. I hate them. Again, another yeah. one, that's it's not small, but it's not big. Um, and so I think it, as long as it, it delivers for them, they'll continue to get those. It's the only game in town. It really is. It's like Google and search and things like that. And so I do, um, I do think that that is in their favor, but at the same time, the tarnish continues. And I think we have to continue to keep up pressure on them to do the right thing. I mean, of course, they'll do the smallest amount they want and wrap themselves in the First Amendment like they tend to do. But what's, what I think is going to happen is that they, that they're going to be pressured by employees. They're going to be pressured from the government next. Um, and so it will continue. It will be sort of a drumbeat. I don't think this is going away for them by any, uh, stretch, but but right. these these advertisers, you know, Unilever is a really interesting company. Um, uh, you know, they have Very been they have, YouTube's been boycotted by major brands. I don't know if you saw over the weekend the the two two Jenna Marbles and Sean I've, Sean asshole I forget is Dawson um, who was you know he did blackface he was mm-hmm. masturbating uh, around Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith's daughter like making a Jesus. joke about it. Um, you know, it, which they, I wouldn't get them mad. And they, he did get them mad. They were on Twitter sort of saying, we're going to probably, you aren't going to do well in the, going forward. Um, it was a nice way of saying that. So, you know, he apologized and he's, oh, I don't know if he's going to continue on Twitter, but Jenna Marbles said, who has done a bunch of stuff like that. Um, you know, there's, people are trying really hard to to dial back some of the stuff they've done. And I think you're going to get a backlash. The backlash of first, you know, you can't say what you want, and I was like, "No, you can't." Like, actually, in some cases, or you suffer for consequences. But, um, but it's going to be an interesting time to see what happens because these these platforms have allowed people like this to con- to do these kind of things for a very long time, and it's had an impact. And now, you know, ashen meals everywhere. I'd say. But remember, in the
0: Terminator, um, I not remember. The Re-
1: my favorite movie because. but
0: the second one with uh mm-hmm. i forget his name um the guy the guy is some edward, sort
1: of edward um yeah go ahead yeah
0: the guy has some sort of the actual terminator has some sort of liquid
1: oh yeah substance yeah.
0: that if he chops off an arm it just sort of reanimates and reforms very yeah. elegantly it's the, the metal mm-hmm. the tensile base or the tensile strength the diversity it's the uh, facebook's advertising base is arguably one of the most robust business ecosystems in the world and mm-hmm. the tools are so powerful and so many people are on it that even if they lose if they were to lose their 50 biggest advertisers as long as they just throw some kind of i don't call them illusory but sort of um, symbolic gestures at the problem that that arm is going to regrow really mm-hmm. really okay. fast the the opportunity to swoop in and and target those people for other brands and small business who really have, depend on Facebook, it'll just regrow that arm really mm-hmm. really quickly. So I don't I don't so think you this have to put them then
1: in, in a very hot vat vat of metal as would happen. There to that guy. Um, there you go. First they froze him and destroyed him, and then they uh, and then they he. And they were somehow were in a furnace-based steel mill for some reason, and they the the, the metal reformed itself. But yeah, the most recent one was the same thing was was the, this continual reformation, and they came back as a woman, and then this last time it came back as another man but uh the last movie but you're right it doesn't it, it, the, but the question is where is the damage like do you see so any the
0: terminator franchise is in transition is that what no. you're saying
1: <laughs> no but i'm saying this is the idea is that there's nothing to be done about these things you think there is nothing oh, i do no, not No! no. Oh, come
0: okay. on I, no I, I absolutely think it's going to be done i think we need to break them up and i think we need to file criminal charges against senior execs i'm I'm saying let's do something that's effective oh,
1: oh really I don't know about criminal charges. I do think, you know, civil charges and, and, and regulatory things are until plenty.
0: Until a senior executive at, at one of these firms that has levied extraordinary damage, has denied harm to our youth, youth, has delayed and obfuscated against all sorts of damage to the democracy until one of them, and I think this is going to happen, uh, is arrested. And I think that's going to happen or detained, on, but it's going to happen on foreign soil. I don't think any of them give a good goddamn. I think the markets have taught them to lay an obfuscate, hire super charming High EQ, intelligent people like Nick Clegg—he strikes me as a very impressive, life person. It's very pleasant, and the market will react and respond and just keep on going. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's easy to make a sociopath when you keep rewarding them for sociopathic behavior. So, I
1: don't
0: know. There's stuff to be think. done here. I don't. I don't think it's unfortunately. I, I salute Unilever. It was a leadership position, but you know what? Unilever spends 11 million on Facebook a year. They do sixteen billion a quarter, and Eric yeah. was like, "Oh wow, this is a big deal." It, not, not really. Well,
1: okay, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the with the glass half full thing. Is yep. that this is the beginning of it? And I think if you yep. continue to keep the pressure, it is. It's not doesn't. It's not a good look. Is that essentially you're yep. a you're a cigarette company? Like they're and and continually people saying this is I I you know I was gonna text the Starbucks CEO and say why do you, can you just call them out by name It's sort of the the people that say bad things, you know, the things that badly have been said and nobody calls out Trump by name, for example. Um, I think calling out by name is really important. I do think going forward, we're going to see, I I don't know, I just have a feeling, because I put up something that said, let's not give kudos to someone who did the thing they should have done in the first, for doing the right thing. There's no kudos here for Facebook. And I got Thousands of retweets, and I never like lots, and it was mm-hmm. really interesting. So I, I do, I don't pay attention to everything on Twitter, but I do notice what people react to. And when I said it that no, way, I people think would, you
0: pay attention to everything on Twitter. Right. Well,
1: in any case, no, I but don't. Wait, no, okay. but it was the reaction. But it I want to bring some the,
0: nuance like, into the argument. All right, okay, you know who gets really hurt by this? this? You, what? You know who registers the desired impact of these the, these very what I'll call honorable, thoughtful, hard in the right place, brands trying to do the right thing. I mean, this was this was a leadership move by Unilever. It was a leadership move. It was bold. It's usually, I mean, I, I love Unilever. I love P&G. I've worked with both of them. The people who run the companies are these really thoughtful, kind of civic-minded people. So mm-hmm. congratulations to Unilever. I mean that. But you know who's going to register the impact of their wow. actions? True. Twitter. Yeah because every if you'll notice every brand and every company that's decided we're going to remove our advertising from hate platforms is lumping Twitter into it yeah. even though Twitter was the one to ban all political advertising and the moves yeah. that Facebook has said they're going to make in in response to this isn't even as much as Twitter has done and by the way Twitter can't absorb these body blows yes. Twitter and, is not the terminator and therefore,
1: subscriptions like you say Twitter
0: Twitter it, it, this is the thing the real damage to the business, the, the real Snapchat gut punch was there too. Yep. is going to be registered by Twitter and potentially Snap, who are being lumped into lumped. this entire anti- They should anti- not be
1: lumped. They should not be lumped.
0: Well, I mean, to, I think the way people look at Twitter, unfortunately, is all of the hate with none of the scale. And Twitter, if Twitter doesn't figure out a way to disarticulate themselves from other social media platforms, as Tim Cook did from other big tech companies- they're gonna be they're gonna get all of that, they're gonna get all of the, all of the um, boycotts all, and and it's not a monopoly. It's not part of the duopoly. So the company the company that really got hurt by Unilever in this campaign um, is Twitter. It's not Facebook.
1: All right, I agree with you. I incredibly I agree with you. Um, we're gonna take a quick break and come back to talk about Amazon buying a self-driving car startup that actually I know very well, and a friend of Pivot to discuss h one b visas.
3: That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N dot com.
2: This week on The Gray Area, Professor Diana Posulka and I tackle one of life's biggest questions. Are we alone in the universe? What would it take for you to step off the agnostic ledge and say, yeah, aliens are real? Is it a spacecraft landing on the White House lawn?
1: Well, something that was anomalous in 1952 did fly over the White House. And that's one of those cases that is still weird.
2: (laughs) That's This Week on the Gray Area, available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Okay, Scott, we're back. Amazon is at it again. They're buying the autonomous ride-hailing company Zooks as part of a push to move into driverless taxis. Although I will tell you, I know a lot about this company. The sale was rumored to be around $1.2 billion, which is just a scooch above what they've raised. So uh, they, they were obviously... Amazon got a bargain here. It would put Amazon in competition with companies like Uber and Lyft. Give Amazon yet another revenue stream. Google and Tesla both experimented with driverless car technology. Uh, this is uh you know Amazon I was waiting to get into this space. This is a really interesting company um and and it's an interesting move because i I have seen these cars and they they aren't out in the in the wild, yet the new cars that they're mm-hmm. doing, which are these sort of Lego like cars that you, you put together, um, and fix in this way. They feel like delivery vehicles. They actually look like coaches. Um, I wasn't able to take pictures of them or anything else, but I did ride in one and it was a really interesting experience. Hmm. And anyway, they're really kind of nifty cars and it's, it's a, it's a nifty technology. Zooks has been funded by, uh, some really interesting entrepreneurs. At the same time, it was the CEO was, uh, was a, was a, a a person of color, a woman of, of color, um, who had worked at a bunch of different companies. I think Intel was where she, she was a, Pretty significant executive there. Um, it's a really interesting company and it's a really interesting purchase because it's pretty cool, the stuff they're doing at Zooks. So, what do you think of this? What do you, Why do you think they did this?
0: I was going to ask you that because I wonder if, uh, as a put, people immediately lump it in with Uber.
1: Mm-hmm. And, can and be
0: Tesla but my sense is the the person in the back seat is going to be paper towels and espresso pods yeah. do you think they yeah. g- my sense is it's more about delivery and fulfillment than it is about autonomous taxis
1: well it's interesting these cars as you look at them they go backwards and forwards which is interesting that's what um, cars do care <laughs> no 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 but if they drive they don't have to turn around <laughs> they go back they go forward no there. no but they don't have to turn around there's no there's they no run over your cat they do emissions into
0: the air boom america's auto industry <laughs>
1: They are very much like uh delivery vehicles. They're very and they, they get the
0: ladies if you get the right uh, wheel. This
1: is not a ladies' car. Anyway, it's very it's a it's a square coach like kind of thing. And it's it's you know, the doors open automatically. Um you could see it being full of stuff. And then when something breaks down, you can pull the one unit off of the car and fix it. Um it also it's it's really an interesting car. It it, it looks it literally looks like a coach. I don't know what else to but say about Why it do
0: you like think Amazon? Purchased it. What do you think? Um, I think
1: delivery. I think delivery. I do. I think it's a really, it's a delivery move. I think you could get into taxis uh, at the same time. What they have is these individual uh, areas that people can get in without talking to other people. So it would be a group, you know, it's a lot of carpooling kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, it, it just is a really, it's a really interesting company. And it's the first. You know, it's the people behind it have worked at Google and other places on these on these things, and um, I think one of the big investors was from Australia, Atlassian. It just, I just thought it was a really smart move. This Alastian, one of the
0: most one of the most important companies you never hear yeah. about. You know why? Also, I think they acquired mm-hmm. this company mm-hmm. because Jeff Bezos hates Elon Musk.
1: Oh yeah, well that Elon Musk tweeted about it, which yeah, well, was of it's course. It's really
0: interesting. They both see them as like, okay, yeah, I agreed. get to go into space, I'm God, and then they've yeah. been going back and forth about their different space efforts. And right. then, what do you know, Jeff Bezos ordered the first hundred thousand vehicles from Nikola, the Tesla competitor. Is it called Nikola? Yeah. What's it called? That wasn't by accident, yeah, <laughs> these yeah. guys hate each other, so I'm Thank wondering you. I'm wondering yeah. if Bezos senses that Tesla might be getting somewhere in autonomous driving like I know, yeah. I think I'll show up and shit an op on
1: yeah, and this is a very promising company too in this space, so it's a really it is an interesting time, and I, I agree with you the 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 musk thing was he called uh, Bezos a copycat, and I was like, too bad, that's exactly what he is, so what? Like yeah. it was funny. It was That's a very best business point.
0: strategy. Second mouse so, gets the cheese in today's yeah, economy. Exactly.
1: And one of the things that was interesting is I wonder if he's going to like buy a tunneling company. That I was like, where's his tunneling? Great. I know. That'd be
0: great. <laughs> I would love that. I've started a, a, oh my gosh, that would be awesome.
1: I know. I know. You know what's great. really fascinating about these guys? I, I, I'm going to, I always,
0: other than their would, money, nothing.
1: Uh, you know, Absolutely they, do. they don't like each other all individually. It's a real, and they're very aware of each other. I remember Mark Zuckerberg. A bunch of
0: powerful males in the same room. who don't get along. What, well, a, shocker. But they're very what concerned. a shocker.
1: What a shocker. They're very concerned. When I was, last time I saw Mark Zuckerberg, he was asking about Elon Musk. Like, is he crazy kind of thing? And it was really, it was, fat. he was trying to be polite about it, but that's essentially what he was asking me. I think it was during that whole SEC thing and the 420 and. Uh, it was they are they are they, are, they are, same thing with Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. I got to tell you, you know, they were well more Bill Gates than Steve Jobs because uh, he could care less about anybody. Like he was, he was the top dog essentially.
0: Yeah, but here's and, the thing: if they start a boy band with Evan Spiegel, it's so obvious that Evan will be the right. lead, and I don't think I'm either of them will recover from that. I, don't, yeah, I just think true. both of them are just so freaked out that they're they're yeah. supposed to be the sullen, interesting ones that get a heroin addict <laughs> in right. the boy band. All right. All right.
1: It is the big tech startup. As usual with you. And I think we're going to move on. (laughs) Let's move on to a friend. Although Evan is certainly dreamy. I like our friend.
0: I can see her. She's smiling at my jokes. I I like her already.
1: All right. Listen to me. Listen to me. Your hair picture. We're going to discuss that later. Your, that you put on the internet, which was just Your little, hot for, you little no, hot for daddy. You little hot for daddy. Be honest. No, no, not even slightly. What is less than slightly? Ash, I drink
0: a lemonade. The dog. I, dogs.
1: I, have, I, have I still skin.
0: couldn't get sex back then. Can you imagine Ashen. what it's like now? I I was oh, handsome yeah. and I couldn't get any action back oh, then, Kara.
1: Okay. All right. If you say so. All right. Listen, we're moving on to a serious topic. I broke Fred the internet Emmett.
0: with my picture no, of hair. You I you broke the internet.
1: Didn't. You didn't. I had more tweets about, I don't Your know. Fashion ashen meal? <laughs> the, no, the Nazi people in golf carts. In any case. That's hard to be. Nazi right, cart is hard to be. Will you let me move on? We're moving I'm on sorry. to a friend. She's I'm waiting for us. i As we discussed briefly on last week's show, Trump has suspended HB1 visas. will prevent highly skilled workers from working in the US or certainly change things around. And a lot of Silicon Valley companies depend on the workforce. There's been sort of quiet rumbling. But to get a broader scope of this issue, uh, which we, is a critically important one immigration in this country, uh, what means for Silicon Valley workforce and others, we have uh, Sayu Bojani on the line. Uh, Sayu, are, are you there? I She's am. All oh, right. How are you doing? Sorry to have good. to endure this. Ready? Uh- Sorry to have to endure this, but she's the founder and president of New American Leaders, a coalition based in New York City that works across the country to build the power of immigrants in the U.S. So let's talk a little bit about this specifically, and then i love a sort of broader look of where we are. Um, you know, every every 27 minutes, uh, Stephen Miller seems to pop up somewhere doing something awful. But um, t- talk to me a little bit about this, and then uh, Scott and I have a lot of questions about uh, what impact this has uh, across the country?
3: Sure. I mean, look, the thing is, like you said, every 27 minutes, there's some panic attack um, that's directed at immigrants um, and that kind of fans the flame of uh, of his base. So I connect H-1B decision to asylum seekers to DACA recipients. It's all all in the last couple of weeks, all a way of deflecting blame from the administration's poor handling of the coronavirus Mm -hmm. and the economy more broadly, right? So, I mean, immediately, I think for people who have H-1B visas, it's created an amount, uh, a great deal of uncertainty about their future. Mm -hmm. I do think that has an immediate impact on productivity. I think it has obviously an immediate impact on how companies are thinking, about their workforce. But I also want to just say more broadly that any immigration decision and announcement, regardless of whether it affects you as an individual immigrant, it creates a kind of uh, both uncertainty and fear. And so this is very much part of his strategy and has been for the years that he's been in office.
1: So when you're talking about this, uh, why now? Why to do, why this right now? Now, I know what was interesting is when I, when I was tweeting about it, uh, and I don't think Twitter is the reaction of everything, but it's set off an incredible debate. Uh, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people arguing with each other uh, after I did one tweet about whether this is a good program, whether reform is needed here, um, whether the way it's done sort of keeps workers Uh, you know, tethered to one company, that there's not enough going on. And then there was a whole group talking about why don't companies invest in training in this country? Um, How do you look at the whole, does it have any traction, the idea of reforming
3: this or changing it in any way? Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, I think it's a both and. I think Mm -hmm. it's keeping our borders and doors open so that we can continue to attract. uh, I mean, it starts with international students as well. Like Mm -hmm. I had an F-1 visa as an international student. And the first visa I got after that was an H-1B, and it wasn't in the Mm -hmm. tech sector, it was in publishing. That Mm -hmm. was 35 years ago. Um, At the time, your H-1B was tied to your employer. That's something that I believe has changed. But at the end of the day, you know, the thing that we don't understand um, is how uncertain you always feel in this country Mm -hmm. if you are constantly made to feel other. And I I mentioned this psychological impact because who we are as people shows up in who we are in our jobs. Mm -hmm. And so to sort of take immigration as just, this is the policy, without looking at the bigger picture of our society, I think is very problematic. And we've done that over and over. So just to your question, one last point I'll make is that, yes, I absolutely think it has to be looked at more holistically. I think we have the, the need for H-1B visas has always exceeded the actual numbers. We always run out of H-1B visas very quickly. And yes, ostensibly you can change employers right now, but that's not something that you can do very easily, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think people just don't understand how it's like the line, you know, people always talk about them get in line. There is no mm-hmm. line. I mean, and and so nothing about immigration in this country is simple. And we really design it to be complicated, bureaucratic, and psychologically disturbing, frankly.
0: Sayu, it feels as if we could have... So we're supposed to, at NYU in the fall, we're supposed to... 28% of our students are international students. And I wonder if this mix of xenophobia... H1B visas being revisited and quite frankly, COVID-19 means that we will have, you know, 0% of our students international. Could we, and they, they, they typically, they come here, they fall in love with America, they stay, they go on to be incredibly productive citizens, including the CEOs of some of the most impressive tech companies. Are we, are we in risk of having kind of a lost generation of innovation and productivity that starts with just this dramatic It's as if we're not planting seeds around innovation. It's as if we decided we're just not going to plant any crops. And has the administration done a calculated uh, strategy here where they would rather have this racist whistle call, but the people are going to pay for this? Is our economy in 5, 10, 20 years? Have you guys done any analysis around what happens when you have a decline in immigration?
3: Well, so yes, 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 except for we haven't done uh, analysis on overall um, impact on certain sectors, but we do know that around the country, there are so many towns uh, who that have been revitalized by the presence of immigrants, right? And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. those are not necessarily the the tech workers, but look, I mean, people fall in love with America before they even get here, which is yeah. why they come. Yeah. and. I have that personal story, and then I'm that person who stayed, and I became become a CEO of a tech company, because, but I became a startup uh, leader in, non- in the nonprofit industry. I've started two nonprofits. Those have created jobs. Those have helped to build social fabric. And so I do think that we are sending messages that are going to hurt uh, the number of people who come here. I want to emphasize that America continues to be a beacon. Like, there is Mm -hmm. something very exciting to people about coming here. Um, and, and I also want to emphasize that the journey has always been hard. I mean, yes, this is, there's no question that this president and his policies are deeply, deeply damaging. Um, but we've always had difficulty. Being in this country, and and so I don't want to. We are unified in our enemy right now, but mm-hmm. I think one of the things that folks in your industry can do, um, and really everywhere, is to understand those connections, right? Understand mm-hmm. just like in the Black Lives Matter movement. Black lives have always been at risk, not just in the last year when we've, or 10 years or five years. And so how do we understand what it feels like for someone like me? Every single time I left the country, I had to go to the international student office and get papers signed and then go through a questioning process when I returned to this country. And still, I stayed. So Mm -hmm. the kind of person who continues to commit Semester after semester, year after year, to staying in this country and contributing to this country is the kind of person we should be throwing our doors open to.
0: I, I so Just a follow up question to that. I, I wonder if we need to reframe the way we position immigration. I think that, the, that as Americans, we're pretty oh, narcissistic. It seems like we frame immigration the notion that it's the right thing to do, it's a nice thing to do. We have a, a history of welcoming immigrants. Well, don't we need to reframe it as our economy runs on several things, including attracting the best and brightest. This selfishly is a smart thing to do. And I agree with you, we're still a beacon, but it feels to me like Canada and Australia are starting to outbeacon us. At some point, the best and brightest who want to leave other nations that don't offer the same opportunity start going to other democracies with strong economies, including Canada and Australia. Don't we need to reframe it as this is just going to be really distinct to the moral argument, distinct of our history, distinct of our legacy. It's just economically stupid. Have you seen a, is there a a relative uptick in immigration to places like Canada and Australia?
3: Uh, You know, I'm not familiar with the specific data about Canada and Australia. I, I will say that I think, you, you're right in thinking that we need to frame it more broadly, right? Like anything, there's no such thing as a single issue around immigration. And there are two ways that we can frame it more broadly. One is that the the advocates for immigration have always sort of separated along several lines, right? So there's the H-1B advocates. There's those who are advocating for the undocumented worker, uh, undocumented folks who are here. And then there's those who have the family reunification argument. And often those make, um, they don't even make strange bed, they make strange bedfellows, but mm-hmm. they never come together. And mm-hmm. so I think we need a more holistic, and this is, I think, what Kara was referring to earlier. Like we need a more holistic conversation about immigration itself. And then I think it needs to be more holistic around the things that you're talking about, Scott, around what does it mean for the kind of economy and society we're going to have? Because the innovation comes out not just in tech, but in, in, in art. Um, and um, you know, I like to make a blog for the nonprofit industry and all the other industries where having this
0: agriculture, focus. hospitality, yeah, exactly, <laughs> I mean, yeah, all yeah, of that so, so education. Quite-
1: Education, absolutely education. So, do you expect uh, companies to then out because they are, they do not have training programs in place? It's they've been using the H one B visa program quite a bit in Silicon Valley, at least, and other places. But in this sort of remote moment, these the you know at the beginning, I remember a lot of tech companies saying to me, "We've got to keep our people in their place." Globally, like in their offices where they are. And they didn't, they didn't stop hiring. It was just they would keep people in place where they were or where they got stuck or something else. And I, they were all scrambling at the very beginning when they, for example, they did, when Trump did the Muslim ban. Um, what does it just change permanently? Just the way like the way work from home is probably going to change our workforce
3: permanently. I mean, this is a concern, right? The concern is that if we, aren't able to attract people here, then the, I mean, it's going to backfire on the administration and and frankly, on many of our leaders who don't want to see jobs go overseas, right? But if I don't have a choice um, as a, a tech company to hire someone here then my options are going to be to hire folks overseas and that's not really going to do anything for the social fabric of our country, right? It's the, There's the economic impact but there's a what kind of town and community do you want to live in and is this a town and community that cares for each other and that participates in our democracy um, and this is why I just keep saying like it's economy and yes, we can get folks to do the work wherever they are. But then what does that mean for the kind of company culture and community culture that we want to create, I think, is it's, it's not a place that I think is, to, to our point earlier, it's not going to attract, um, you know, young people. It's not going to attract the kind of diverse energy that we do see in towns. mm mm-hmm. So I have a last question.
1: So, what do you imagine that's going to happen here? Is this just going to be Trump loses and then things change, or what do you? And then again, people don't want to get near the immigration issue yeah, in any it, cogent way.
3: It doesn't matter, right? I mean, I think it, it, it. Our Democratic presidents have really been there. There is a reason we are here, and mm-hmm. it's because we didn't address immigration reform. So I think I think that what we all need to do is to invest much more in our democratic institutions, and to pay really close attention to who is making policy, who those people look like, what their lived experience is, what their understanding of immigration is, um, and then what kind of culture we want to bring. So much in the same way that some voters who are, um, who are quote unquote pro-life uh, voted as that single issue for Trump without seeing what he represented, for people who look like me. Uh, much in that way, I think we have to shift to not just seeing what is our bottom line and what is the immigration policy, but what is the kind of country that folks are going to be. So if Biden wins, I think there's still a long journey to get to a kind of immigration policy that welcomes all of us and that understands the connection between the economy and democracy and culture.
0: So you know, I just so, have one follow up, and that yeah. is uh, I agree with you around some of the long term investments and change in viewpoint we need to make. But um, it tom- say tomorrow, say you're the son of immigrants who every day wakes up and thinks, I'm so blessed largely because America embraced this warm hand to his parents who were immigrants. What could I do tomorrow to ensure that, you know, the bridge or the ladder behind me? isn't taken away that it remains open. What can what can someone do tomorrow to recognize or acknowledge how blessed they are that America used to welcome immigrants?
3: I mean, I well, you know, it, being someone who is sort of in that position, I don't I don't know if I would say that we were completely blessed because I think it is a two-way street, so I just would suggest that we Fair reframe enough. that as, yeah. you know, the opportunities that we've been given here are opportunities that many others can benefit from. I think getting involved in our civic processes is really important. I mm-hmm. think A lot of immigrants do come here thinking mostly about their economic survival mm-hmm. um, and that expanding our engagement beyond uh, our economic survival to, to democracy is really important. I think that... Um, the other thing that, that we can do is be more honest about our experience, frankly, that it, it's not just a, you know, the road is paved with gold dust. It's a, a struggle. Mm-hmm. And um, so those yeah, two things, I think, being, more time honest, time. being honest about our Sorry, experience and getting involved in democracy are, are two really important contributions that I think we can make. All
1: right. This was super helpful. Uh, I, although I was just, I was, I was, interjecting was gold dust was a long, long time ago, I think, for this country <laughs> in terms of, if ever, with immigrants. yeah agreed. In any case, uh, this is Sayu Bojani. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. She is the founder and president of New American Leaders. Check it out. A coalition based in New York City that works across the country to build the power of immigrants in the U.S. Thank you so much. Thanks for, Thanks good work, for having Sayu. me. Take care. All right, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for Wins and Fails. Okay, Scott, we're back. Wins and Fails. So many, uh, well, wins. What wins do you have this week? Let me ask you about something. The Gap and Kanye West struck a Mm 10-year apparel deal. Scott, you had predicted the gap would go under at a time of COVID. Is this a smart move for them to stay relevant? I mean, I tried it out on my kids, and they they laughed. They laughed. They thought it was not. They like Kanye West, too. They listened to him. But it did not attract them to the gap, I can tell you that.
0: Well, stock was up 18% on the move. Um, I know. So what
1: do you think? What, what?
0: I, look, I think it's I think it's, it's. It's interesting to, you know, your kids are much better arbiter of whether it's mm-hmm. going to work or not. But I thought it was genius. And, you know, and he's reached out to this interesting uh, African designer um, mm-hmm. to help with the collection. I thought, yeah. I think it's a kind of bold, interesting move that Gap needs to be making. Uh, and they also needed to uh divert attention from the fact that they're being sued by their biggest landlord for non-payment of rent. Mm-hmm. The gap, if the gap were to go under and I don't, it doesn't look like it's going to now, that would really send a chill to yep. the entire retail ecosystem because it's just such an iconic yeah, be like that, if Starbucks went away. Yeah, it's, it's such everywhere. an iconic. By the retail. way, Starbucks
1: is cutting back. Yeah, they, these retail yeah. locations. It's an interesting move. I do think I thought more of it, and my it was interesting that my kids' reaction because they were wearing one of my kids was wearing the Kanye Yeezy shoes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the question. But,
0: but Adidas is, is hot.
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I was sort of like, "Would you buy those clothes?" And they were like, "No." Like, I think it was the Gap more than Kanye West than anything else. So, you know, I, I think that was the issue. I don't think they've been in a Gap since they were kids when we dressed them in Gap clothes then. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was. It just wasn't – they don't even think of retail this way. They think of it entirely around cool brands, like not n- not around retailers for sure. Um, but except- when you're
0: talking about the Gap, what's interesting, you're really talking about Old Navy. Old Navy has been the attention yeah. there. They were even thinking about spinning Old Navy at one point. Yeah. But it's their ground zero for the disruption from fast fashion, from COVID, uh, mm-hmm. real estate-based strategy. The gap is the gap has really been in structural decline for probably a good decade, decade and a half. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. I'm trying to think. The only stores they actually go into would be Nike and Adidas, which is interesting. Really? Yeah, and and the ones that are you know like. Tyler the Creator had a store and then Supreme some, or something. Supreme, yes, Supreme yeah. still continues to be. Yeah. I thought it was going to go away, but my son wears a lot of suit. Anyway, it's just interesting how they they purchase. All right, what is your wins and fails? I was just going to ask because I was curious about.
0: Sure. It. So so my win is I saw this one, I stumbled on this wonderful movie by accident called JoJo Rabbit. With Scarlett oh yeah. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. And Sam Rockwell, is that his name? And yes. uh, I'll watch anything that's about World War II. And I was mm-hmm. not expecting this film. It's a, just a visual feast. The design, mm-hmm. the dialogue, it's a satire of a, a, a of World a, War II, German. Yeah, Hitler yeah, it's, it, he plays Hitler, right? But it's also, you know what it really is? It's a very moving film. And what I took away from it, it's about the relationship between a mother who's raising her son alone. And it just happens to be in world war II, And there's, it's such a moving film and there's this wonderful quote at the end that I, I, I wrote down and I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, and I think it's, I think it's, um, I think it's relevant in the current time we are. And it's the quote is the following it's the last, it's the last scene in the movie. They put up this quote, mm-hmm. let everything happen to you, beauty and terror, just keep going. No feeling is final. And it's Rainer Maria, real And I just love that. I just oh. love that. And this movie, anyways, my win is Jojo Rabbit. I Jojo. just what a what? really moving wow. piece of art. Uh, so I don't know. Have you seen it, Kara? I
1: have not. I don't like funny Nazi movies, except for Mel Brooks, who by the way, turned 94 this week. Uh, you know, w- w- where he's where that was the producers. Obviously there was a, Musical. Yeah, but this
0: isn't this isn't I I know. This isn't using Nazis as humor. It's, I know. it's a story about I watch the stuff you recommend because I get a lot out of it and you have great taste but watch this. It's All really right. I'm going to do really, it. I, really. I was
1: watching normal people last night in What do you think? Oh my God! Could you? I like literally was like a lesbian. Like they were like lesbians. I was like, stop like processing and not saying what you mean and stuff. I, I'm not speaking for lesbians
0: are lesbians. Repressed, more repressed, No,
1: no. Oh lovers. my God! It was just, it just it was like a lot going. I did it on your recommendation. I think you didn't I, like it. I think it's. I do like it. I watched They're adorable, but I'm like, can you – like, why are you breaking up? Why are you not speaking to each other? Like, He's got it was, social
0: anxiety. He's struggles. I
1: know. I know. She's he does. Much more
0: in touch with their feelings than he sort is. Sort
1: of, but nobody's saying. Anything. It's yeah, sort of like right. I don't know. I feel they're as, as if
0: seventeen or they're eighteen.
1: Yeah, but they're older now. They're in college. I'm like, come on, people. Like, I'm at the point where they're like, they're they were fine, and then they weren't. I was like, what? Like,
0: they need our help.
1: I mean, I'm definitely like like <laughs> the, the processing going on with these two is exhausting. It's just sex yeah. and processing, and yeah. so I don't know what to say. I don't. I like it. I'm watching the whole thing, and I'm not yet. Uh, I just recently finished Miss America, Mrs. America, which I loved, but um, which because I love Kate Blanchett, everyone in it was fantastic. I love the character. Um, in any case, uh,
0: Ashley is that right?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. It's really great, and um, and great actresses every all over the place. It's like Emmys all around, as far as I'm concerned. Um but, uh, but I, I gotta say it was uh, it was interesting to watch. All right, what's your fail? What is your fail?
0: Well, just going back, uh, my fail is more advice, and i'm a I'm a shareholder of Twitter. But if Twitter doesn't take serious action across one of two dimensions, either starching their hat white and announcing <laughs> they're gonna get rid of the millions of bots, be more disciplined about those warning labels, kicking people off from the far left and the far mm-hmm. right, if they don't separate, if they don't get the lunar lander off this rocket that is blowing up, they're mm-hmm. going to immolate a long, they're, oh, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to self-immolate or whatever you want to call it. But they are basically the little rabbit next to the bear. The bear can survive the buckshot. The little mm-hmm. rabbit is going to get blown to pieces. If, no, if Twitter Twitter's the big loser here if they're not careful out of this, this advertiser boycott because they cannot afford to lose advertisers. Mm-hmm. So if they don't immediately, I mean, pronto, yeah, I would agree. I would just agree. articulate themselves from Facebook in terms of their in terms of real actions. They're going to be caught in this downdraft, and they cannot they cannot survive it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. That's. I mean, I, I have talked about that. I'm actually going to write a column on this this week, saying there's nothing. This guy continues to have uh, full control over this company, and it's a drop in the bucket. And they will. They are the waited out people of all time. Um, I understand it, what you mean. Who's this guy? Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. I'm saying, but everybody else, you're right. Uh, Snapchat, which doesn't deserve it, uh, it certainly doesn't deserve this. Um, You know, I think YouTube will be affected, but they have plenty of, you know, speaking of plenty of ability to wait things out. Um, Although I do think there's a commitment on that particular staff. I interviewed the the, the 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 guy who left and started this new search service, and I have to say the this Niva? guy Niva. Niva. Yes, that, is yes. he going to
0: let us invest uh,
1: no, I so he can be ask. totally conflicted i didn't ask I, I actually but i am getting into the into the into the beta so i'll, I'll let you know i'll see if you can get into the beta you into want to get in the beta. beta?
0: that's it i'm sick of you serving me ashen <laughs> meals. i'm sick of you serving me ashen meals over would you here.
1: like to get into the beta like i help you with everything else would you like to get into the beta i want to invest. I'm not going to do that for you. I'm not helping you with that. In any case, he was very articulate about it, his disgust of what had been happening there. Like, and he also was like, you can't fix this problem. Like, this is you. So you have to start from scratch. It was really interesting. It was a really, he's like, you certain things, if you, if you put the screws too much on speech or, or just slow down content, you hurt people inadvertently that shouldn't be hurt. And if you so put too much, yeah, he's like, he goes, I don't know if it's fixable. So I'm starting from scratch where I don't have to make those decisions
3: yeah that's what he said
1: that's what he said and you know we talked about poor people sort of being left out and he feels as if if it gets big enough the price comes down he says everything's subscription you pay for almost everything good that you get in life anyway it's a really interesting it was a really interesting discussion i
0: think you'll have a fail kara
1: uh a fail oh just uh, you know
3: no everything
1: i'm not everything no this i think you're right i think that this will not matter to Facebook. And I think we have to keep this, speaking of keeping the screws to people, I think we have to continue to keep this drumbeat of other big, powerful companies have been brought to heel in certain ways. And I hate to use that term around Facebook, but... If it, this has got to continue and advertisers can't just do this sort of like you talk about virtue signaling and then move on. This matters a great deal. And I think unfortunately what will happen is the, 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 if Biden wins, the pressure will be even more off them because everyone will want to like be like, okay, everybody calm down. Mm-hmm. You no know, you know what I mean? And so that's my that's my worry, even though Biden has indicated and you so see Biden. Pence
0: on all the weekend morning shows this weekend.
1: What, was he wearing a mask suddenly?
0: Oh my gosh, he got he, I don't, I don't <laughs> I don't envy him. But he's like, I forget the name of that Iraqi guy, the general. He's like, we are beating them back at the airports. Yes. It's like, <laughs> oh, Iraqi, he, he what's his name? He would start off with, does he, doesn't, Iraqi he doesn't, Sam? he's so good. He doesn't listen to the question. He just talks about, you know, huh. the first rule of politics, answer the question you want to answer. Don't answer the question. He starts off, they'd say, they'd say, Mr. Vice President, we have not flattened the curve. We've extended the curve, record number of infections. And he would say, well, the success we've had is due to the great innovation oh, coming together. He just broken. He's given these V-day speeches. He's just and the just, worst. And the people would sit there. I forget his name from um, from CBS. He's so good. Um, uh, he's anyways. I can't, I can't remember the name. Um, uh, anyways, and he just. It's as if, and it's like, who's he talking about? South Korea.
1: Yeah, he's I think
0: talking about the US. George
1: Stephan. Was it George Stephan? No, no, he's on ABC. Um, you know what? I think reporters are like, "That's enough," like, "That's enough," kind of thing. <laughs> this like this guy
0: was going after him, and this guy is very yeah. measured. He's on, um, uh, he's on the uh, CBS one, the morning show for the CBS with Margaret Brennan. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he's gangster. He's really good. He had it. He did. He was very. He was about as aggressive as you can be while recognizing and respecting the office of the vice president. But, I mean, Mm -hmm. it has just gotten comical when he starts (laughs) to speak. It's like, wait, are you talking about New Zealand or America? What are you talking about? The
1: whole thing. He's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. You know, he's going to go down. He's another one that's, you know, the issue is, someone was actually raising something really interesting to me, is that given the numbers and how, you know, Trump's really getting beaten like a drum right now. Listen, there's <clears throat> a lot of days till the election. Lots of mm-hmm. stuff could happen. And they're trying, what they're really trying to do is back in 2016, it was the same thing. I was like, it was not. It was not. This is, everyone's seeming to hate you. And he even said it himself on that show, that ridiculous tongue bath that Sean Hannity gave him. Um, was uh, was the uh, the idea that like you may people don't seem to love me the way they like him. <laughs> you know what I mean? like when he's your president, this is what's gonna happen. And so what I was sort of seeing a vision of is that he would quit. You know, and he's not going to lose. He's not. He does not want to lose in a landslide. So he'd quit before mm-hmm. it and leave. You know, Pence holding the bag essentially. As, you know, and leave him right there, which I thought was fascinating. And then come back again, sort of Teddy Roosevelt style, I guess. I think. I
0: think if he did that, there's a decent chance Pence would win. I think people like Pence more. Than
1: no, that. they do not. I do not think they do. I do not think they do. I think he, they think he's creepy. He's creepy. Dude, I don't think That's so at all. Creepy. Anyway, he's creepy. Oh, come on! You, oh, no, I don't want to go. We're not going to have a discussion on this because he really is creepy, especially on gay issues. Gay people know this guy, and he's a-
0: what electroshock therapy. You're not a fan of that?
1: <laughs> no, I'm not. Like, let me just say, <laughs> mother and father are creepy. They're a creepy yeah. pair, and a more dangerous in many ways. Um, what, uh, but what, what's interesting is that he would quit and then he might like sort of start to, I think if Biden wins, he's going to spend a lot of his time getting incoming from President Trump for a long, long time. And that's going to be, a, a, that's going to be a challenge it, unless you just completely ignore and suck all the oxygen. But there will be, he will make, he will try to call attention to himself in massive ways forever, essentially. Um, and, uh, and that would be, that'll be, That'll be interesting. You know, he will not let us heal, let's just say. He will not allow us to move along and heal from his administration. So that that would be, that That makes, when I was sort of watching that Sean Hannity interview, I was thinking we are in for continued uh, abuse for a long time to come, no matter what happens. So that was my What do you, got,
0: what do you got on tap for the week, Kara?
1: Uh nothing i gotta i like i have to start i'm gonna tape my last rico decode today with jim bankoff he's my he's one of my final guests and then we're gonna have a best time
0: like i know he's nice gonna
1: job. be i'm gonna put the the screws to him too uh and then i'm going to uh work i start on my uh my podcast for the new york times on wednesday
0: what's it called again
1: Scott, I love Scott Galloway. Go on.
0: No, Go on. You know that word.
1: Give me a name. i me a name. I think you should call it
0: Discussions.
1: Discussions? What?
0: Discussions. Conversations. Discussions. Conversations. That's what you have. No. Oh, I know. I know. What? What? Okay. One word. Oh, my God. This is so good.
1: Okay. Go ahead. Okay.
0: From the New York Times, Ashen.
1: <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Boom!
0: I, have, Llama dog.
1: I will do I will have Barbaro do it, right? Uh, I heard
0: that word and I'm like, oh my God. I don't even know what she's saying, but I know. You what, you
1: know, know. what I was saying. Eat Like I a, there's
0: know. a meal of menace.
1: You I'm just an telling ashen you.
0: ashen meal, Robin Hood. You're eating an ashen meal
1: you just were swisher because that was like, Swisher'd. boom. I had one more thing they <laughs> took out that I'm mad. I, they, I had one editors. more room in there. Yeah, editors. I let them do it because I wanted Ashen to stay. Um, but there was one uh, when I said that it has a bigger query, comma, his last. I had something like that in there that was really like, uh, boom, ding, ding. Um, yeah, you try to do that in pieces, Scott. You try to do that. I know you try to. You just don't boom all the time, but I try to, like, throw yeah, it in. you might
0: have a New York Times opinion, Kyle. <laughs> I have a blog. <laughs> I have a blog. What are you
1: doing? I'm not doing anything. I'm not. My kids are with my ex uh, or my son's with his girlfriend. Amanda's still up in Vermont, so, so she, her parents can see the baby. So I am on my own here rearranging things because I'm anal retentive. I'm going Stop.
0: glamping. I get a horse what? in Montana starting... Starting this afternoon, these are the things you do for kids. I'm not. I cannot into
1: believe yeah. you go to Montana. You go, you do the rich people's Montana, right? You don't do actual. Oh
0: Montana. no, it's a tent in a in a in a kerosene lantern, and I hunt my own game with a bow and arrow.
1: I don't see that happening. I don't yeah. see. I don't see you in my. I see you in rich Montana, of which many bazillionaires go to Montana. Correct? There's like a whole like. Fancy uh, this is thing. only
0: my second time, but when you I like was it? there, it was oh, it's it's big
1: sky. Wonderful. I know it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I've been it's, beautiful. it's quite a beautiful place. It's a yeah. beautiful place. I like place, the huh?
0: there, too. Not that that is the reason why I yeah, I'm
1: going space. nowhere. I'm going to work. I'm working. I'm going to work while you. I'm going to tape a secret uh, uh, pivot for us. In any case, I know we can't leave each other because we are going to be away from each other. We do not have, just so you know, we don't have another show on Friday. I can't quit um, you, Karen.
0: I know you can't. I that's can't right. That's
1: Montana. Isn't that, is that Wyoming? <laughs> Where was that movie set? The uh, Dakotas?
0: Brokeback Mountain?
1: Yeah, Montana, right? I don't
0: know. That was pretty hot.
1: Out there. That was yeah. hot. That was, hot. I I
3: was say hot. You kind
1: of look like him when you had hair, but not really. Which yeah. one? Neither of them, really. They're yeah. beautiful men. <laughs> broke the internet. Broke the internet. Did not. Bro- broke, broke the back internet. Down. Maureen Dowd I'm likes so- my picture. <laughs> oh, no, really? My
0: former future, whatever you call it. The, the his next
1: ex-Mr. You know Galloway. You know what? We're bringing Maureen on. We're putting her on pivot. Do you want me to get her for next week? She's great. She's a great. I tried to see if she would have a socially just in a drink with me, but she's not, she's not having it. She said she's been in her house the whole time. She's not moving. But she's, she's been a she's a gangster. She's a so gangster. Coordinate. But I'm gonna bring her. Okay, you know what? She's coming on the show, and you two can you declare you your love each that. other. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna sign gonna, us out. I'm gonna did I bring out. you, Susie? Okay, sign us out. More or more
0: of your false promises. Okay,
1: go catch your get plane get more to more Montana.
0: promises. Today's show Action. was produced. Action. Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Our executive producer is Erica Anderson. Uh, our sound engineer is Fernando Finete. Uh, special thanks to Drew Burrows. If you liked what you heard, please. Subscribe, please download wherever you listen to podcasts. Let everything happen to you, beauty and terror. Just keep going, no feeling is final. Support for the show comes from Atlassian. Whether you're exploring space, making pizza or producing a podcast like this one here,